Welcome to the Intuitive Therapist Podcast with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as the angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist, here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another week. Um, Today, I want to talk about something that I know I felt like my entire life, and I'm going to get into that today, but it's around feeling like an outcast. And most of us who feel like we don't fit in feel like there's something like wrong with us. And I'm here to tell you that there are actually benefits to not fitting in and being an outcast. And unless and until you realize how powerful not fitting it is and how cool it is, you're always going to be on the hunt to feel like you can find some way to squeeze yourself into a place that you think you should be. And, and in all honesty, a primary need for most humans who don't suffer with uh, schizophrenia or hallucinations and all that, we want to belong. Like that's the number one thing. And the primary fear that we all have is of being rejected. It is across the board. You ask anybody. It's not not having enough money. It's it's not uh, uh, necessarily uh, losing what you have. It's I want to belong to someone, and I don't want to be rejected. That's just how we humans are wired. But what if you're the kind of person who really has never felt that you fit in anywhere? What what's your life been like? What kind of experiences did you have? What messages did you get from others about you? What pressures did you encounter to conform to the family system? What were your internal struggles about fitting in, even though you knew you were different from everybody else, beyond your family even? Part of what I do in my work is to guide people back to their past lives through past life regression hypnotherapy. And it truly is one of the most powerful modalities that I've incorporated to intervene to help people understand the deeper sense of who they are, especially if they just can't figure something out like a lifelong pattern uh, or the sense that they just felt lonely all of their lives or that they're from another time or they're, they're in a family system that is just so uncomfortable, so painful, and maybe even kind of weird. So they just always had this feeling that they just didn't fit in. And through that process, y'all, people are able to understand their soul's purpose and why they have experienced what they've experienced in their lives. So many people come to me to find out why they have families that are so radically different than they are, why they feel like they're the black sheep of their families, why they feel left out, rejected, and misunderstood by the very people who are supposed to love them unconditionally. There's so many of us who have traveled that path of being different, and as a result of those who misunderstand us, we suffer greatly. We feel alone, isolated, and lost much of the time. So how can you find your place in a world that seems so different from you. 
for the majority of my life, uh, majority of it, I felt like I didn't fit in. And I didn't know why. And it wasn't so much that I was shockingly different from anybody else. It just felt that, like, no matter how hard I tried, I wasn't the kind of person who was part of a group of friends. And I tried, y'all. I really, really did. It just never panned out. And I, I never understood that. And I didn't feel like other people really got me. Hell, I didn't even get myself at times. So it was really hard to, to if I didn't know myself, it was really hard for other people to get me. Don't get me wrong. I grew up in a loving family, really loving family. And had I've had friends over the years. And in fact, I have two very, very deep and beautiful friendships uh, that are very, very loving that I've had for over three decades. And um, they are just, they're my staunchest advocates and uh, just such a solid connection. But you know what? I realized that was that almost everyone didn't understand me. My teachers didn't get my personality. I got in trouble a lot, y'all. I had a, I had a struggle with ADD, I had no filter. Um, and I was, <laughs> always got put in detention or I had to be separated because I was kind of chatty Cathy. Um, and my teachers really didn't understand my academic challenges either. I had trouble focusing. I had trouble comprehending. I had trouble um, with dyslexia. And I didn't find all that out until I was, it was, I was older, like in college. And I never got the help that I needed academically to succeed. I was put in a small class. I've talked to you all about that before. And it just, I was still distracted and had still ants in my pants. So uh, the educators didn't even come close either to understanding about my sensitivities as an empath. And like I said, you know, I didn't really understand this myself, but I always knew I felt sensitive. I felt more than other people. And I just, I just felt like I didn't belong. So back in the time that I grew up, that kind of stuff, the spiritual side of being human wasn't even thought about or talked about. I mean, so didn't even exist, let alone addressed in a school setting. You know, everything was so, uh, so societally acceptable. But now, thank goodness, practices like mindfulness and meditation, they're being taught in schools to the itty-bittiest of people like kindergartners, which is a huge change from when I was coming up. And, and it wasn't until, like I said, I was in my sophomore year in college that I began to make grades that were commensurate with my intellect. Um, I, I struggled with feeling smart enough. When I graduated high school, I was, in all honesty, close to a D average. And I'm not stupid. I just struggled at, academically, and I got no help. I had to teach myself how to study in a way that honored my learning challenges, as well as travel my own journey of self-discovery to learn about and honor my intuitive and psychic gifts. So the path for me over the past 50 years, it's been pretty daunting for the most part. And until we really more fully understand ourselves, how can we expect other people to? I remember when my gifts uh, began to emerge uh, about 10 years ago and the slow shift in my private practice began um, it was as if I, it was just kind of one of those things that unrolled uh, for me. My father uh, was a clinical psychologist who had a traditional private practice for almost 50 years. And what's interesting that I was able to tell him later on 
which he agreed with, is that he, he never knew this about himself until, like I said, we began talking about my spiritual awakening and journey, was that he was highly intuitive and psychically gifted as well. And I do believe my mother is too. He was a master of his craft, y'all, and helped save hundreds and hundreds of marriages over his decades of service. And he changed the way that businesses, big name corporations across the globe, uh, functioned interpersonally and operationally. And also he changed so many lives individually because he tapped in unknowingly to his own gifts. And my dad never fit in with his family either. He was what uh, I would call, he was, he was the resilient one. The other ones uh, were plagued with uh, ill will and drama and suffering in their lives. Um, and so I finally, I had finally worked up the courage to tell my parents the direction that I wanted to go in professionally uh, about a decade ago. And um, spawned by new, my newfound awareness of myself and my gifts. And as with most parents of that generation, my dad was born in 32, my mother in 38, 1938. So they were well into their, their later years when I shared with them where I was at. I wasn't encouraged to move in the direction of advertising that I spoke with angels or spirits of people who'd passed on, let alone used divination tools like tarot cards or any of the things, crystals, to help people. They looked at me like I had three heads. They're like, yeah, no. But I can't fault either of my parents for being skeptical and protective. They didn't get it, nor did they really get back then who I was or who I was becoming. So I want to make it very clear. I'm not faulting them for not knowing because, again, I didn't really know myself. I had to discover, too, who I was and what I was about. But I can recognize the fact that they didn't. I was told by my dad uh, to advertise that as a traditional therapist. After all, you know, my father said to me one day, he says, you know, Janice, I don't think you're going to have a business if you tell people that you talk to angels. My mother was also skeptical, and, and who could blame either of them? My newfound relationship to my work took me places that most people weren't ready for, especially all of my family members. Their distaste and disdain for the direction I was going in wasn't from a lack of loving me. In fact, it was the exact opposite. They loved me enough to warn me of a risky move that I was making that could potentially destroy my, my life professionally. So the message of my family was play it safe and do the right thing. And I just couldn't do that anymore. My gifts and my abilities were rapidly changing and I, honest to God, hand to God, I had no other choice than to move in the direction that I was moving in spiritually. I remember showing my mother an early version of a trifold brochure that I had developed um, where I marketed a new business idea. At the time, I'd gotten this new deck of angel cards. And I was doing these really small readings for people, but I was getting hit after hit after hit. Even I would uh, throw up an opportunity to do that on Facebook and people write in and I'd pull a card and all of a sudden I would get this information and slowly I built my confidence up. So I called that business Angel Cards and Coaching and it was a catchy name and my mother looked at me when she was reading it and she said to me and she stared straight into my eyes y'all and she said, are you sure you want to do this? 
And I looked back into her eyes with such certainty. There was no question. And I said, yeah, I have to do this. And sweetly, as only my mama could do, she said, she just paused. And she said, okay, I wish you the best of luck. And then she kissed my cheek. And it was sweet. And now, look, you know, I, I, I didn't need their approval. I really did not because there were, I could I had to go in this direction. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but it was real sweet uh, to have them support me that way. Now, most stories of those of us who are outcasts in, in our families, let alone in life, we don't have experiences like that with our family. So I'm not being ignorant about this. And what was key for me, like I said, is that I never needed, nor was I really looking for their approval about the direction I was headed in. I just needed to drop off the information and they could do what they wanted with it. I was prepared to walk the plank alone and be a pioneer in my field. And I've done that. And since, like y'all know, I've written a book called The Intuitive Therapist. It is a guide for therapists, coaches, and counselors who want to explore the spiritual piece to be able to incorporate that officially into their uh, mode of working and thank God it sold quite well. I have lay people read that book all the time and reach out and just say, even just learning about the soul's trajectory and path and how to tap into intuition and learn to trust themselves to feel more confident has changed their lives. And I've built a private practice where referrals come to me from so many sources, from medical doctors to other psychologists to other therapists, from other psychic, uh, um, psychics in, in the city and, and around the country. Um, they've understood the efficacy of what I've done and what I do, uh, because I help people reach their goals faster than traditional therapy. Um, and I have clients who share their experiences of rapid change with their friends and families and people all around the globe. Like I said, listen to the podcast and they reach out because they want to make progress fast. You know, and I'm so grateful that this podcast has reached people in places around the world I could never even imagine. And fortunately, it's growing leaps and bounds each month. And uh, I, again, always grateful for the love and support and following that I have. So I had the balls to own my differences and had the certainty to move forward. There was no question. I never knew the how of what I was called to do. And trust me, it is still difficult to live in a world that judges psychically gifted people as weirdos. There's so many times where I go into meetings or I meet uh, friends or family members of people I know who, when I tell them what I do, of course, I start out by saying I've been a therapist for about 28 years, going on 29, uh, and I'm a, a clairvoyant empath and medium. I'm a psychic. Most of the time, people don't know what the hell to do with that. The air gets sucked out of there, which now makes me laugh. I like to do it on purpose now because it's funny. Um, but so many people are unenlightened. Um, but what, what has happened uh, to me because I've chosen to embrace my unusualness, for lack of a better term, my oddities, what other people think of me and my work, I really, like, I really don't care. That's the funny thing. And I don't have contempt about it. I can't fault somebody if they're not open to what I'm open to. That's just where they're at. 
So I can appreciate that and value that in them. And all I know is that I just, I do me. And, uh, and most of the time, this is what happens. It's so funny. I'll get in conversation with somebody and I'll start picking off and I'll just say it because I'm guided to say it. And they're like, whoa, how'd you know that? And I said, well, I told you, this is what I do for a living. So, so many skeptics will come to me and uh, they'll kind of be shifted, which is really, really cool, simply because I embrace who I am uh, and I embrace not fitting in. Like I said, I don't really care if people believe in what I do or not, but it's not the lack of caring that's rooted in contempt for these people. Like I said, it's truly full acceptance of myself and an understanding that I can walk confidently in the direction of my gifts and my dreams, and it's just my path. So when we entirely own our differences, when we begin to accept and embrace ourselves as wonderfully unique, we call in our tribe to join us in our march to greater enlightenment and service. God somehow finds a way to lead us to each other, to our tribe, and we form like-minded bonds with others who really aren't in the majority either, but somehow we form our own majority. I was doing some research about what makes being an outcast a wonderful thing. And here's some of the reasons that I came across. And these are just, I pulled these from all different resources. So I just want to be clear, uh, even though I'm going to name some of these, I have added my own twist. So there's a mix. I hope that this helps those of you who feel as though you aren't cut from the same cloth, cloth as the people that are, that are in your nuclear family, let alone the people with whom, you know, who are in your social network, and that that's really okay. But unfortunately, we're taught that being different is bad. Like biologically, we're programmed to stay within the safe confines of our own species group. But there comes a moment in time where playing it safe just feels absurd and insane and exhausting because you know what? We feel like we're frauds and we end up, I was talking with a client just yesterday. She's so miserable that because she knows she's faking it with other people and she was in tears yesterday. She's going to her doctor to upper meds. I'm like, yeah, go do that, but get real with yourself and here are things that you could do and you could just see the relief on her face. So, but there comes a time in your life where trying to fit in is the worst thing that you could do. The world needs those of us who are weird and odd and, and pave new trails. That's the time when you have to embrace your differences and show up fully regardless of who around you doesn't like it. So here's some of the benefits of being an outcast. One, we're kind to others because we know we know how we have felt our entire lives. Most often we extend more compassion and kindness to those who also feel like they don't fit in. And because of the experiences that we've had, we tend to be more mindful and sensitive towards others in a way that might manifest as pure magnetism at times. Let's just say that we get it and we want to create a sense of acceptance and comfort for others who are also who have also struggled or, and who may be struggling now with trying to fit in, but who don't. God sends me all of those people, and I love it when they sit on my couch. They're like, I just, I kind of don't belong here. And I work with peer, multiple people 
who are from different dimensions. Uh, and I know this could sound strange, but again, I told you, I don't really care what people believe. I, I know this for sure. I've worked with people who are, uh, who've of course been reincarnated over and over and over again, because that's what we, we do. Our souls do that. Uh, but also people who are from alien, alien nations. And it has been fascinating to get to know their systems of functioning and why they're here to influence humans. The second benefit is that we have a greater ability to help people understand our perspective about being an outlier. There's nothing better than knowing firsthand what an experience is like. So for example, you know, I was explaining to somebody the other day, you know, if you haven't ever tasted a strawberry, you cannot possibly understand what it feels like. Ooh, my mouth is watering. How, what, how you start salivating, what the seeds feel like in your mouth, the juice. You can't possibly describe that unless you've experienced it. And that doesn't mean the experience or the experiences have to be pleasant like that. But having firsthand experience with something allows us to create a more realistic picture for others about what's actually happening uh, with us when we feel like we don't belong. And we also are able to help other people um, become more aware and accepting of those people who are on the fringes, you know? Uh, and so we have a chance to help others become more aware and develop a different level of compassion than they otherwise would have had they not met us. Number three, we realize that fitting in isn't always what's best. After a lifetime of feeling like we're a round peg trying to fit in a square hole, you develop a different perspective about what the truth is, which is that differences make the world more interesting and a more progressive place. If you think about all the kind of trailblazers that have gone on century after century after century, how could we have progressed as a country, as a nation, as a world without these out-of-the-box thinkers? You know, uh, we can have different kinds of influence over ourselves and others, than somebody who tries to comply with social norms and who's frankly scared of life, scared of disappointing other people, scared of being rejected. What's deemed unaccept unacceptable to society is actually, you know what? And I'm not talking, I don't know, this is kind of weird to say, I'm not talking about they're like really, really weird, weird, weird fetish things. I, in my own right, have discomfort with that, some of those things. But just being uniquely you best thing you could do and knowing that you don't need to fit in and that's just cool four we realize that being blinded by the need for approval from others it really limits us a primary conflict of all of us outcasts is that we realize that trying to comply and fit in it's the expected thing but we just can't we can't do it because there's something inside of us that begs for us to be truth to who we are, our interests, our desires, our ideas, right? Rather than what family or society dictates. Needing approval from others stems for our inability, I want you to hear this, stems from our inability to approve of ourselves. And y'all, if you can't give yourself true and full approval, you will never find it from anything outside of you and you're going to feel more and more of an outcast in a negative way. Gotta accept you first. 
just like the story that I mentioned to you above when I came out of the spiritual closet with my parents and family. While I really did want the full support of my family, I was so certain that I needed to move in this direction. Uh, I, I had no desire to compete with their expectations. That's when you know you're fully free. And I'm going to say it again. When you have no desire to compete with other people's expectations, and I'm going to say coupled again with peace. So many people know they're different and live their life with their middle finger up in contempt for the world that doesn't accept them. And I'm saying, once you're at peace with who you are, you won't even worry about whether or not people accept you. You can be good. Number five, we secretly inspire others. Many times I've been amazed at those people who are able to, to be completely comfortable with themselves no matter what, what discontent surrounds them and no matter how solitary they must stand on their own behalf of what they believe. Sometimes I don't feel like I have all that courage. Um, and then sometimes I really, it's like balls to the walls and I shock myself, y'all. All of the innovative creators of ideas are outcasts and must push against the grain of society's expectations, like I said, to help the world progress. If it wasn't for these kind of people, we wouldn't have electricity, computers, social movements that have changed the face of how we function on a daily basis. They wouldn't exist, and everybody would be what I call beige. Beige people. Boring people. Our courage and conviction is a beacon of light for others who are too scared to go against the fray and rock the boat, we hold space for them. Just knowing that someone else has the balls to stand alone and confident in their beliefs in the face of potential ostracism and rejection is unbelievably amazing to me. We give others the courage to follow in our footsteps and be role models for others, and also we give them permission to stand in their own rights as a human being. One of the first uh, people that came to mind about this is Ellen DeGeneres, her story of coming out. She has paved the way for all LGBTQ people to stand up and claim who they really are and find acceptance from their tribe and have a sense of belonging. She did that. She risked it, risked it, risked it. She risked everything and she lost a lot, but God bless her. She has such a following now that she is, she's the poster child for being truly who you are. So while being an outsider seems isolating, it's actually profoundly beneficial for your life. Living in the truth of who you are is insanely liberating. I'm telling you, I've done that. It took me a long time to get there, but I did it. And it's a catalyst for self-fulfillment, self-mastery, and self-realization. So, sweetheart, go be your own quirky, funky, weird, different, odd self in your own unique way. I know I certainly wouldn't be where I am in my life right now if I didn't decide to follow my calling and risk standing alone in my own uniqueness. I hope today's been helpful. I hope any of you who feel a millimeter of what I felt in my life that you know that even in just me, I love you and you belong to me. I wish you a wonderful day, a blessed week, and as always, live intuitively. 
Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.